welcome back to Rugby League, in my opinion. This, right at the time of recording, Christmas Eve special edition of the podcast. First of all, Cooper, Merry Christmas and how are you, man? Um, yeah, I'm good. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Just sinking back some beers, uh, enjoying myself. And yeah, came for tomorrow. Yeah, man. Well, I've I had a few runs myself. This is a very impromptu podcast, I might say, by the way. I'm a couple of runs down. Both of us, we're feeling happy. We're feeling a Christmas spirit. Nothing too crazy. Uh, we're still able to record a pod, and I've got a, a rum here with me, but um, a bit of an impromptu pod, and I thought, you know, and Cooper agreed to it, Christmas Eve, not too much is going on, Cooper. I hope I'm not keeping you away from, from anything for too long, but um, I thought Christmas spirit, being happy, we might just talk about some of our favourite things to do of Rugby League. So what I'm going to do is basically I'm going to ask Cooper what his favourite insert thing here is. He's going to tell us about it, and then I'll tell you guys um, my favourite for that category. So a bit of fun tonight, bit spreading the Christmas cheer, what have you. Are you keen to get started, Coop? Yeah, let's do it. Favourite team? Uh, mighty mighty Parramatta Eels. Uh, been supporting them since 2010. Jumped on the bandwagon after 2009 because I was a young fella. And that's how it was back in the day. As a young kid, you want to go for a winning team. And, yeah, ever since then, haven't seen too much success, but I've stuck through. I'm loyal and, um, yeah, I'm happy with the decision now. But, yeah, wouldn't mind seeing them win a grand final soon. Yeah, well, so, what, you started supporting Para because of that 2009 season? Um, I was a huge um, – I've discussed it on a previous podcasts. Uh, my – Love for Jared Hayne. I really, he's my favorite player of all time. So I kind of started like I always, they were always my second team. I was a South supporter growing up because everyone in the house was and dad was. And as a kid, that's kind of what you do. Whoever your dad goes for, you kind of go for. Um, and then, yeah, in 2010, after Eels had their good year and Hainsey um, had an awesome year, I kind of wanted to um, be different because everyone was going for South. So I kind of wanted to be. Because I've always been like that. I've always wanted to be a bit different. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll, um, and just one random night, I was just in my room and I went up to my parents and I was like, uh, you, can you guys start buying me Paramount Eels stuff from now on? I'm, I'm an Eels fan. And that's where it kicked off. And ever since then, I've, I've just been an Eels fan. Yeah, nice. So what happened with me, similar thing. At the very start, I supported Penrith. Um, as you know, Koopman, as some of our listeners would know, I grew up in Penrith. My whole family pretty much supports Penrith. So I went with them. But I got, well, you know what? It would have been about 09, 09-10 as well. I, um, I sort of realised I was just sort of supporting Penrith because my family told me to. And I guess I didn't really feel that connection to the club. Like, I, I, I just didn't feel like a Penrith supporter. And I, I won't go into it, but... Um, in 2007, my mum unfortunately passed away. She wasn't a huge rugby league fan, but she supported the Titans for a couple of reasons. One, Preston Campbell was always a favourite player. She loved Preston Campbell. He was going to the Titans. And two, she liked their jerseys. I remember those two things. So when 2010 came around, I thought I, I probably feel that more. I've got that connection, I guess, through my mum with the Titans. And I've ended up finding my club through the Gold Coast Titans and then through peaks and troughs. I know both the Gold Coast and Parramatta haven't done too well 
in recent years, well, the Titans have never won a premiership, but not since 2010 have we made a preliminary final. That's the furthest we made it. We just made the top eight in 2016, and a lot of people are tipping us to make the eight in 2021. I'm not, I'm not ready to go that far yet as a Titans fan. I don't want that heartbreak, but um, yeah, that that's pretty much why I support the Titans. Now, next question. You, you brought it up a little bit just before. Um, Favourite player? Um, all time, it's definitely Jared Hayne. Uh, definitely, I don't know, just as a kid watching a player step like that and just the chip and chases he did, he played with so much confidence. And um, I'd love he, – he was one of those players that um, he kind of had a bit – like, you know how in, like, American sports, how they're all a bit cocky and, like, yep. do the celebrations. And, yeah, Jared Hayne kind of seemed like that. He was just kind of like an exciting player that had a lot of comp- – like a – like when he was at the Titans and he kicked that field goal against the Tigers and was like, this is my house. Like, I love that type of stuff. Um, yeah, so that was the reason. Um, currently, like, non-Eels player would definitely be Latrell for a couple reasons. Um, grew up, My sister and him grew up as best friends. Uh, my dad and his dad are, are good mates. Uh, I've been down to the Tark because where I'm from, Tari, when we go down to the local rugby league games, Maddie Mitchell, Latrell's dad's always down there and I always have a yap to him and um, our families are quite close in that way. And once um, we went to a Titans Roosters game because my little brother is a huge Roosters fan and um, he's got autism. So at the end of the game, the Roosters were losing. This is when they weren't having a great year. It was Latrell's first year. Uh, my little brother, Lockie, was kind of freaking out a bit and Latrell noticed and he came over and helped and gave Lockie a hug and signed some stuff and really calmed him down and even though, like, the past, I was, like, always a Latrell fan because of the family connection after that moment. I was like, oh, yeah, no, this this bloke's a really good guy. And, um, yeah, that's why it pains me to see some of the, like, comments about him sometimes, but that's life. Um, so, yeah, he's my favourite non-Eels player currently and favourite Eels, favourite player of all time is uh, Jared Hayne. Yeah, that's a really nice gesture and a nice story to hear, Coop. Um, mine, as many people know, uh, Flash Michael Gordon. I know recently some off-field issues have gone on. Yep, I understand that. But it doesn't change what he did for me growing up, and I'll quickly tell the story. Um, so as I alluded to before, my mum died. Her, she worked for Sinclair Ford, who were based in Penrith, and they were one of the sponsors for the Panthers. They organised something. I was a Panthers fan at the time. Michael Gordon was my favourite player at the time because whenever he would score a try, the Flash Gordon song would play, the Queen song, and I used to think, how cool is this? This guy's got his own theme song, and he was the goal kicker as well, so I thought that was pretty cool. So he was my favourite at the time, and uh, basically Sinclair Ford organised for me, my dad, my auntie, and one of the workers there to go into the sheds before the game. Ryan Gerber, who had recently retired, so this was in 07, this happened, so he retired 04, I believe, so he took us around on this guided tour, um, before the game, we got to run out. We got, sorry, we we didn't get to run out with the Panthers when they were running on to play, but we got to run out when they were running out to train before the game. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we got to sit in the video session beforehand, and after the game, we got to go onto the sheds, talk to some, um, talk to the players, and that as well. I think they lost the game. They won the wooden spoon that year. But I remember, so at the time, most of that 2003 Premiership winning squad was still in the side. So after the game, I was completely, like, fine. Didn't phase me at all. I was going up to guys like Craig Gower, 
Luke Prittis hadn't had to him like like it was nothing, you know what I mean? Like I still like loved them and it was still an amazing experience, but I, I wasn't like starstruck or nervous, right? But then over yeah. in the corner, I remember he had ice on his knee because he injured himself during the game. Ryan Girdler actually had to grab me <laughs> and take me over to talk to Michael Gordon because I was that shocked. And yeah. he had to be like, oh, hey, Mick, you know, you're Oliver's favourite player. And he said hello to me and whatever. And, like, that was really nerve-wracking. But when we were leaving, we got in, we got in the um, got in the elevator. And, yeah, we got, got in the elevator and got in the elevator to go back up to ground level uh, where we were going to walk to the car park. And as we got into the elevator and started going up, someone tapped me on the short shoulder and it was Michael Gordon. And he walked us to the car, you know, said goodbye. And it was just a, like, it, it's such a small thing, right? Very small, inconsequential thing. I'd say might have been a bit inconvenient for him if, you know, his car was far away or whatever, but it's a minor inconvenience to him. And he doesn't understand the impact that has, and that stayed with me for the rest of my life. And I've seen him as a role model ever since then, and I've heard stories of many people who he's touched throughout his career. And many hmm. like many people have great stories, and he's helped them out. So what's happened off the field, allegedly, that'll be sorted. And I hope, I don't necessarily hope he gets off or whatever. I hope the right decision is made. Of course, as you would with anything. Um, serious yep. like that. I hope the right decisions made, and that's a separate thing. But that never impacts what he did for me thirteen years ago. So that's that's why Mick Mick Gordon's my man. Yeah. Favorite stadium in the NRL. Um. Uh. Well, favorite stadium I've been to would be Seabus. Um. And that's I've been to I've been to SunCorp and I've been to ANZ and stuff. Um, but Seabus is the closest to me, and I think it's just a um, it's a really pretty stadium. I, I just really like it. I think it's quite easily accessible. It's kind of like I've never really had problems getting there. The transport it literally drops you off pretty much right in front of it. You got to walk maybe a k there. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty. I think maybe I'm like overthinking things, but I swear the grass at Seabus always looks so much nicer as well. Um, I don't know. Just maybe that's weird of me saying that, but I, I don't know. It just um, it looks good. And I went to a Titans day once, and because um, Titans are only live an hour away from Seabus, uh, and yeah, got to go on the field and meet all the players and and that, and just kind of run around on the field, and it, it was fun. Um, favorite stadium I haven't been to, but like I like the look of would probably um, well, Bankwest is one but that's like a fairly obvious one. I'm just trying to think of like a rural field. I like the, uh, I've always liked the look of shark park. I like that kind of um, how it's got the big grandstand in the middle and then like the hill kind of around the rest of the stadium. Um, but yeah, probably sea bus is uh, my number one. Well, as a Titans fan, I've never actually been to sea bus, but seeing it, it's probably just about my favorite stadium that I've, Seen and it, it it's a good ground, not too big, um, and it's nice and it you can tell that the atmosphere stays in and it, it it sounds louder even if there's not as many fans there. For me though, uh, in terms of sh- like, Penny Park's got a 
a special place in my heart because that's my local ground. I've been there so many times. But in terms of like a structural, just like the look of the ground, it's hard to go past Bankwest. In terms of the actual yep. facilities that are there, I can't go past Bankwest. But, mm. and it's because I've been to a few grand finals there. Nothing beats, and people say, you know, ANZ Stadium's crap because they only, like, during the regular season, teams don't draw big crowds there, whatever. But on grand final day, when there's 80 plus thousand at ANZ Stadium, nothing beats it. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I actually forgot to mention uh, last episode when we did the 2012 review that I actually went to Origin that year. It completely slipped my mind. It was the first ever footy game. Actually, no, second game. I went to a, like a city country game with my old man in Port Macquarie one year. But yeah, we went to State of Origin game two, 2012 at ANZ. And oh my God, from a kid that just like watched games on telly, I had no idea it was going to be as crazy as it was. And you were right about ANZ. When it's packed, the atmosphere is insane. Obviously, when it's like a bloody Tigers v Bulldogs regular season game, it's not going to be crazy because they're going to get about 10,000 at an 80,000 seat stadium. But um, um, yeah, when it's packed, it, yeah, it goes off. I remember, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on the... Oh, it's not really a swear word, but I remember... Yeah, Have so I? you might as well. I'll, I'll just tick the box. Ah. Like, I make my money off this yeah, my... anyway, so I can just tick to say it's explicit and then... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, this big... Um, the first chant that went up in a game was the Slaters or Wanker. And as a 10-year-old hearing that, like, I couldn't fucking believe how crazy the atmosphere was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ANZ when, it, ANZ when it's packed, but... Um, yeah, Seabus is still my number one because it's the closest and I, I like the look of it. Yeah, man. <clears throat> uh, that's awesome. For me, I guess in terms of a stadium I've never been to that I want to go to that looks amazing, probably Queensland Country Bank. Cowboys' yep. new stadium. Bit hard to go past that. Then by the end of next year, um, it'll probably yeah. be Allianz. I believe they've actually started actually building Allianz Stadium now, so should be done. Yeah, I remember I put a I put a post up on when I um, ran NRL TPO. I put a post up of when that new Cowboys Stadium got built, and it didn't seem very popular amongst most people. They were like, "Oh, it looks like a hearing aid or something like that," because it's like the stadium roof goes around like a like a C shape. But I think it's definitely. Yeah, I think it looks yeah. awesome. Like, it, it's a good-looking stadium. Do you want to know the thing I love about it in Bankwest? They don't build it. They A few years ago when they were building all these new stadiums, of course, the Olympics was hosting... Um, sorry, Sydney was hosting the Olympics in 2000, so they had to have that big ANZ stadium. But for a while there, the mentality was build big stadiums. But four in our old teams, they've since come to learn, okay... We don't get the bigger crowd. So what we need is build good, modern-looking, sleek stadiums that aren't 80,000, that are a good amount. So like Bankwest, for example, is 30,000, but it's got a great atmosphere and it looks state-of-the-art. Queensland Country Bank, I believe, is only 25,000. And on the we did the other day, mm. the 2012 pot, I believe the Cowboys were averaging about 20,000 that year. At least in 2015, they were averaging about 20,000. Maybe it was on the 2005 pod, but 
that stadium, Dairy Farmers, where they were playing, capacity is only about 22,000. So for them to build a 25,000-seater stadium, let's just say they average 17K a year in a normal season, that's not too far off capacity and you're going to have a great atmosphere there. So they've done the right thing. And I'd sort of like to see most clubs, unless I think... I know this is harsh, but I think a lot of the Sydney clubs eventually should probably move to either Bankwest, Allianz or ANZ, sort of like how the AFL's got it with the Melbourne teams, and it works for them. So I think we could make it work for us. just depends on how the scheduling goes. But if not, I'd love to see most grounds have maybe a smaller stadium, but sort of -of state-of-the-art grandstands. So like what Brookvale's doing at the moment, which I sort of, I get, but I don't, they're building a grandstand at the end of one of the, like behind one of the goalposts, and it's like this state-of-the-art grandstand. It's not too big, but it's state-of-the-art. But the other grandstands are staying the exact same. So with all due respect, you've got these old sort of stands, and you've got this state-of-the-art one, you know what I mean? Why not knock down those stands? It's a bit like the Sydney Football Stadium. They have... um. Obviously, I know what they're trying to go for because they have the traditional old I mean, stands. And I probably I, – I wouldn't want to see them get knocked down because there's so much history behind them. But it, it does look weird when they've got this new – pretty much new stadium built around it and then it's just got this yeah, old – The Sydney buildings. ground and I believe – I believe the two Bob stand moved to North Sydney Oval. But it's the member stand and the lady stand. It's obviously not the lady stand anymore because women aren't segregated from men. But yeah. traditionally, uh, the lady stand and the member stand are still at the Sydney Cricket Ground. I believe those are heritage listed, so they can't be knocked down. The thing is with those, those are yeah. like, like arguably the most famous stands in, a, in Australian sport. You know what I mean? They are a piece of Australian mm. history, so I understand why they're kept there. With all due respect to Manly fans, the current stands at Brookvale Oval, I would not necessarily say are a piece of Australian history that's been seen as heritage listed. Maybe I'm wrong. I know that they've been there for a long while, but I feel like if you're going to build this state-of-the-art stand at one end of the ground, well, why not knock down the rest of the seating and have it go around and have yeah. more modern seating there? I know it cost a bit more, but it's going to look weird at Brookvale when we've got half a field with... Because I believe it's one end and it curls around one of the sides of the field. They've got this... I mean, it doesn't look terrible, but this older sort of grandstand. And then you've got this state-of-the-art mini Bank West-looking stand at at the other end of the field. You know what I mean? It just looks a bit weird to me. So I've rambled about that a bit, but... There's one more thing I sort of had in mind to ask you before we head off for Christmas. Um, Favourite jersey of all time. Doesn't have to be Parramatta. Just favourite jersey. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about this one. Um, Favourite jersey. Jeez, that's a hard one. I think I like some of those... uh, I think they do them for Indigenous round. I like the Warriors jersey. I think – I can't remember what year it was, but they had, like, two Maldi people, like, touching uh, heads on one of them. Like, it was quite a traditional jersey. I liked it. Um, the Artie Beats and Roosters jersey was nice. I liked that one. Um, 
And I'm also quite like a traditionalist. Like I also like the Roosters Anzac ones. I'm sound like a Roosters supporter, but I like the Roosters Anzac ones uh, and the St. George Anzac ones. Um, but yeah, I can't really think. Or oh, actually, yep, I got it. South Sydney, when they did the Superman, Batman, whatever they did, okay, jerseys. Yeah, right. uh, so, yeah they looked super, awesome. Superman, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was Superman. And if I could think of one more, I just thought of it just then. Um, in Hindy's last game, they played with the Highmarsh jerseys, which had him yeah. on the front standing. And then it had all these stats down the side as an Eels fan. That was awesome. And um, yeah, I can't really find them on the internet, but if anyone here is listening, hit me up. I'd, I'd love to buy should one. should have had Luke Bird on it too. His well. Oh, I should have. Yeah. Um, for me, it is the Tigers 2005 home and away give or take. Yep. Or, excuse me, as I have a bit of a Gregory voice there, in terms of it looks great and a bit of sentimental value too. Now, not many people remember this. The 2007 Panthers away jersey. Okay. Do you remember yep. it? I don't. Were they... Um... Oh, no, I don't. I was trying to think of it, but no, I can't remember I'm it. I'm going to send it to you. Now, but just yep. so you can um, people, you can like quickly search it at home or whatever. Two thousand and seven Panthers away jersey. What were you saying, man? Um, I was just had a thought then as well. I can't remember again what year it is. I get mixed up with my years, but the Dragons had an away kit once, and it was like full red. Um, might have been two thousand and ten or twenty eleven or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was re- red jersey, red shorts. Yeah, it was good. I'll have a look They've at it had now. The red jersey, most years. I'm not sure about the red shorts. You remember that jersey, Panthers one? Oh like yeah, yeah, that yeah, looks sick. It's like paint, and I used that. Like that was my first jersey growing up as well. Oh, there's a bit of yeah. sentimental value to that. To our listeners, if you haven't like got it up, it's the 2007 Panthers away jersey. It's a white jersey. With black, red, and sort of aqua green. You know that Panthers green that they have? And it's like splashed down the side and up sort of the collar and on the sleeves. And it's like paint. It's been splashed on this white canvas. And I reckon it looked amazing. Like, it was very unique. Like, I don't think there's ever been another jersey like that. And I reckon Penrith should bring it back for a heritage jersey or something one year. So... If anyone from the Panthers is listening yeah. to this, happens to be listening to this, get on it. <laughs> yeah. That's all I really had for tonight, man. Thank you for jumping on for this impromptu pod. I'll probably up might upload I'll upload it in a in a couple of days. Um, we're recording on Christmas Eve, so I won't get it up for Christmas Day. But Coop, thanks for taking this time and Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh send my love to the family. Same with you, man. And Merry Christmas to all of you listening at home. Thank you for a wonderful year. You're a bunch of great supporters. And thank you for supporting the page and for everyone who interacts with... I've got people who interact with every post, which I find crazy. And I appreciate you guys and love you guys so much. So thank you. Merry Christmas. And if we don't talk before...